Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, we're waiting. Hey folks, it's your buddy Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com, Editor-in-Chief. Welcome to another episode of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. You are riding along with me in my car today uh, for this week's episode. Uh, a lot of stuff going on at the uh, Golf Unfiltered HQ. Uh, wife and I are actually refinishing our hardwood floors, and so I'm not really sure if I'm going to be able to uh, go to my office and uh, record a podcast without dying from from fumes of polyurethane which you know sounds like a lot of fun but probably not something I want to I want to do uh you know it probably would be a pretty bad quality podcast not that any of the ones I do so far are great <laughs> anyway um so yeah uh follow us on twitter at golf unfiltered you can send me an email adam at golfunfiltered.com we've got a facebook fan page we've got an instagram account we've got snapchat which you know instagram and snapchat are basically the same thing now i i don't know I don't know how kids use these things. I don't know how you keep track of everything. Some brands do it a lot better than we do, but we you know we're, we're going, we're learning as we go along. But at any rate, uh, obviously the talk of uh, the sporting world this week has been the uh, Rio Olympics, the Summer Games, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what I was going to say there, as I almost hit a fire hydrant driving. This is probably not the safest way to record a podcast. But at any rate, it's the Summer Games, and a lot of cool stuff has been happening already. And last night, as we were staying at my in-laws, because again, I don't want to die from fumes, uh, we were watching the gymnasts, the USC, uh, USA gymnast team, uh, the female gymnasts, who are just absolutely amazing, uh, already being called the greatest of all time, which I, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, you know, they just went through qualifying and, and obviously the, you know, the people on the team, uh, the young ladies are all world champions in their own regard. And of course, Gabby Douglas is the defending uh, all around champion did not make this year's all around though, based on what we saw yesterday. Instead, we've got just a powerhouse in, uh, Simone, uh, Biles is her name. Uh, never seen her before in my life, but she's just absolutely amazing at everything she does. And then, uh, Allie Reichman. Yeah, she was there in uh, 2012 in London. She gets to be the second participant for the U.S. team in the all-around. And, you know, really, you could have chosen any of those girls, uh, young ladies, I guess, in some instances. Um, they're just fantastic. And I think the, the the lead that they have over China, I believe, is almost 10 points, which, you know, I'm, I've never been a gymnast. I only watch it every four years when it comes around in the summer games. But that apparently is pretty unheard of. And, you know, it kind of speaks to dominance. And we saw another version of dominance with Michael Phelps in the 4x100 freestyle relay, which he ended up winning his 19th gold medal. His 19th gold medal. That's insane. Uh, of course, with the help of three other uh, teammates, because it was a relay. 
Uh, but that was another instance where we just saw continued greatness, just someone who was far and above better than anyone else, any of his peers, anyone else that was in the pool, at least in that race. And quite frankly, we're probably going to see a lot more of it from Michael Phelps, uh, just as we have for the past however many Olympics he's been. Was this the sixth Olympics, I think? I don't know, fifth, actually. I remember him holding up his uh, all five fingers when he qualified during the Olympic trials. But yeah, it's just continued dominance. But I don't think there was a dominating performance or a performance that was more dominating, I should say, than what we saw another swimmer, Katie Ledecky, on the women's side. She shattered her own world record. She was a full body length ahead. Uh, There was also another uh, athlete from Hungary, I believe, who just absolutely demolished her world record that she had set, I believe, the week prior or during uh, their own trials in Hungary, whatever they call them. Those are examples. I mean, Ledecky was celebrating her win, her gold medal, before the other swimmers actually they, they finished. It was incredible how big of a difference there was between uh, those finishes. And, you know, it's just another shining example, as I said already, that, you know, th- these are these are dominating figures in their respective sports. And the reason I bring all this up, not only because it's a timely discussion, but also because obviously golf makes its return to the Olympic Games uh, later on this week. Actually, they tee off on Thursday. They make their return for the first time, I believe, what, was 1907 or 08 was the last time? Maybe somewhere around there? So it's been like a hundred and something million years <laughs> since golf's been in the Olympic Games, and we finally get to watch it. But we're not going to see the dominance, I think, from any country in that sport when they when it tees off on Thursday at least not in the Olympics but even thinking ahead of that or thinking outside of the the box of 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 the Olympic you know scope we don't really see that that form of dominance anymore in professional golf on the PGA Tour or European Tour either you kind of know where I'm going with this but we did see it obviously when Tiger was around now I, I don't know a whole lot about my listener base. I do know a fair amount about the people who come to golfunfiltered.com, at least in terms of demographic information. And I know that, you know, just overall, most uh, sports fans are probably in their 30s, 40s, at least those who like to go and read blogs. For me, for golfunfiltered.com, uh, for some reason, 50 year olds, men, like to come and read. Uh, the site. I imagine that's because of you know the baby boomer population being of a higher volume than any other population on the planet. Um, actually, I don't know if that's true anymore because of the millennials. But at any rate, there are some younger listeners to the show, and there are some younger readers to the blog. And for those of you who might not have had, who might not have had the opportunity to see Tiger at his peak, in his heyday, that's kind of like how it was watching Tiger Woods. That's that's how dominating he was. Like 2006, 2007, 2009 especially. I mean, he was winning, what, 9, 10 tournaments a year? Even his Tiger Slam, which, yeah, it wrapped around to two years. But, the, I mean, that was like what, you know, watching Michael Phelps and watching Katie Ledecky just absolutely blow away the field is what it was like to watch Tiger Woods. Now, we've seen... Uh, flashes of that in modern golfers, right? I mean, we, we've seen Rory McIlroy blow away a field at the PGA Championship in the U.S. Open. You know, we, we've seen just, uh, Jordan Spieth blow away the field even earlier this year in Hawaii at Kapalua. 
what did he win by? I, I'm in my car. I don't have the stats in front of me, but what did he win by? Like 10, 11 strokes? I don't know. Someone keep me honest on that. But And, and we have seen up, you know, examples of this, but it is far less frequent than what we saw when Tiger was at his heyday. But I think it's just an interesting, an interesting dynamic and an interesting reminder when we watch the Olympic Games or, or any sporting event like that, especially on a global scale, which I guess the Olympics is really the only one that's on a scale of that. But when you start talking about athletes that just are purely dominating their sport for an extended period of time, I mean, if this is his fifth Olympics, Phelps has, has been doing this for 20 years. There's an argument to be made that Tiger dominated for what, maybe 10 years, 11 years. He started in 96, 97. And, you know, 20 years later in 2016, he's not even playing. He's going to make a return next year. You assume if he can get healthy again or, or whatever his problem is now, because I understand based on what I've heard that he's physically healthy. It's just his game isn't to the level that he wants to get it at, which is really the same conversation we always hear about Tiger. But anyway, I digress. Tiger, you know, Phelps has been doing this for two decades. Katie Ledecky, she's a name that we're just getting to know a little bit more. She's, she won, uh, you know, gold last Olympics in London. She's been winning a lot of world championships leading up to Rio. She has the opportunity to dominate, much like Phelps has on the women's side. But that is, a, that is the purest example of longevity and consistency in terms of dominance that we probably haven't seen in any other sport, ever. And the reason I bring it up is it's something to keep in mind while you're watching the Olympics. This, this uh, what is it, end at the end of August? The 25th, I think, is the last day. That's something to keep in mind. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing with golf. You know, a little bit, what was it, last week we had Chris Cheney from Swing by Swing. Uh, and we talked a little bit about the uh, major season in review, the major championship season. And we had, of course, those of you who know, we've had four first-time winners for all majors. Danny Willett, Dustin Johnson, Henrik Stenson, and then Jimmy Walker. All first-time winners of majors. Rory McIlroy didn't do anything. Hell, Jordan Spieth's only got two, only, quote-unquote, got two. He didn't win anything. Jason Day's got his one. The best golfer in the world, world ranking-wise, didn't win anything. And, you know, I don't mean to beat this dead horse, but we don't have that anymore. And I want, I, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I know how I feel about it. Quite frankly, I like to see dominating figures. I like to see people who go out and just crush the competition every time. And I don't know, I don't know what that says about me. I don't know if that means that I, I like consistency and, and my expectations. I, I want to know who to root for. And there's pros and cons to that, right? I mean, you always have a, 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 an underdog then. Everyone else basically is playing for second pay, uh, place, so they're always underdogs when you're going up against the head guy or big cat in golf terms. I sure, I'm sure they had something like that with, with Jack and, and Arnie. But even then, there was always Jack or Arnie. There was always Gary or Arnie. There was always Tom Watson eventually to Jack. You know, there was always somebody else that was a true, you know, opponent or a true uh, 
second option, I guess. And we always tried to kind of force Phil Mickelson into the Tiger Woods era, which, admittedly, I mean, he was probably the closest thing to it, having what, has he got uh, five majors? That was the next closest active golfer at the time. I mean, Vijay Singh, he's got a few. He's got a couple. Uh, Ernie Els, he's got a few under his belt. Most recently, the, uh, the British Open a few years ago. You know, but no one else held a candle to Tiger. And, you know, those guys, you know, long-time golf fans, you all know this. I'm not telling you anything new. But I, I just remember watching last night, watching those performances by Michael Phelps, Katie Ledecky, the USA women's gymnast team. You know, I just remember just how it felt to watch Tiger and to go out and just really understand and appreciate, depending on if you're a fan or not, how much better he was than everybody else. It was just so obscene to watch that, and I don't think we're going to see that again for a very long time. That, that's almost cliche to say, but it's the fact. It's the fact of the matter, and I think, you know, again, I'm a, I'm a guy who likes to see greatness. I'm a guy who likes that one guy that you're going to watch every time, guy or, or, or lady or gal, and you, because there's a certain level of you know what you're getting into, but I'm, I'm sure that there are others on the other side of that coin that like the parody, that like to be surprised, that like the underdog stories. But are there really any underdogs anymore if you don't have a dominating force? I don't know. I really don't know. But what I do know is as we gear up for Olympic golf starting on Thursday, you know, I've said a lot of stuff on Twitter. I've said a lot of stuff on the blog about how, you know, much I feel that the Olympic Games, at least from a golf perspective, is going to be a debacle. I still... I still feel that way. I still feel that it's not necessarily as valuable as others would want it to be in terms of, you know, golf fandom. I I think the fact that a lot of the world's top players, at least the, the top Americans backing out, says a lot about how serious they're going to take this. But, you know, watching the opening ceremony, seeing Ricky Fowler and his stupid-ass haircut, uh, seeing Bubba Watson, seeing guys like Justin Rose, Danny Willett, uh, you know, and just a flurry of other pros that we watch every week on the PGA or European tours walking out with their country. It, it is exciting. You know, I got to admit, I got a little excited watching that stuff. And then Thursday, we're going to have these tea times. You know, the tea times have been released. We're going to watch, hell, I mean, Sergio Garcia for Spain and Patrick Reed for the U.S. And I forget who their third playing partner is in that threesome because they're going off on three as threesomes. I mean, that's going to be fun to watch. Now you're playing for your country. And it's it's a little different, at least right now, today, I'm, I'm recording this on Monday evening. It feels a little different than the Ryder Cup. Obviously, you're playing for country there, but, you know, it's it's the United States versus Europe. You know, well, there's a lot of countries in Europe, you know? And so now those Europeans get to actually play for their homeland, and you're playing for a gold medal. And, you know, just kind of thinking about it a little bit today, I'm trying to to kind of see and think about how that's going to look, that gold medal match or whatever it's going to end up being, you know, because it's just a regular stroke, bay tur- stroke play tournament. You're going to have that shot, that putt, that, that chip, whatever it is, to potentially win a gold medal. What is that going to look like? How is that going to feel as a viewer? And how, more importantly, is that going to look and feel as a competitor? You know, is there more pressure? Is it different? It's something that, let's be honest, it's going to be there in 2020 golf that is as a sport I don't know if there's going to get enough support to go beyond that so what these guys have an opportunity 
now and then again in 2024 years from now. So only really two tournaments to win a gold medal, two opportunities. That's got to carry some weight, right? So it's really interesting to, to see how this is going to play out. And I could definitely see how people are going to get geared up for this. Hell, I'm getting geared up for it. I'm looking forward to Thursday. I'm looking forward to some of the, the big names and the big, the, the big threesomes that are going out. I mean, there's just a lot of great names paired together. And I think what's, you know, honestly, what's going to even be probably more exciting or at least as exciting is to see some of the names that we don't know compete. You know, there are some names from countries I've never even seen or heard of both people and country, <laughs> you know? So that's going to be an extremely interesting thing to see. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much of the Olympic golf I'm going to have a chance to watch, but you know, I'm, I'm going to do my best. It's, 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 I'm changing my mind, I guess is what I'm saying ever so slightly on my excitement level for the Olympics, for golf in the Olympics. So we'll see how things go. Uh, just a short one this week. We might have another episode a little bit later on. Um, we might have a guest on to talk about an exciting new brand that, uh, if we can work things out from a logistics standpoint, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, going to try to have more guests on as I continue to say every week, but you know, thanks for uh, riding home with me. I've actually pulled into my driveway now at uh, golf Unfilters HQ. I uh, got to go in and see how my floors are doing. God, I hope, uh, no one likes a match in there. But yeah, we'll see how it's going. I'll give you guys an update next week. But uh, go out and visit the site. We're at golfunfiltered.com. Send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. And uh, follow us on Twitter, at golfunfiltered. And until next week, this is your buddy, signing off.